0: Srimad Bhagavad Gita, as it is, translation and commentary by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivinanda Swami Prabhupada, Chapter 5, Text 22. Yehi samspaasajabhoga dukha yoneya evate adyantavanta kauntaya ramate bramate buddhahat.
1: Intelligent person
2: does not take part in the sources of misery which are due to contact with the material senses. For kunti, such pleasures have a beginning and an end, and so the wise man does not delight in them. If I quote, material sense pleasures are due to the contact of the material senses, which are all temporary because the body itself is temporal a liberated soul is not interested in anything which is temper knowing well joys of transient pleasures how can a liberated soul agree to any agree to enjoy false pleasure the bakta purana it is said ramate yogino atte satyananda cintamani iti ramach padala aso param brahma vidiye brahma vidyate. The mystics derive unlimited transcendental pleasures from the Absolute Truth and therefore the Supreme Absolute Truth, the personality of Godhead, is also known as Rama. The Srimad Bhagavatam also, 5th Canto, 5th Chapter, 1st Text, is said Nāyam Deho Deja Bajhaan Niroke Khastam Rama Nadhate with Bhujam my dear sons, there is no reason to labor very hard for sense pleasure while in human form of life such pleasures are available to the school eaters, the ahorse. Rather, you should undergo penances in this life by which your existence will be purified and as a result you will be able to enjoy unlimited transcendental bliss. Therefore, those who are true yogis are learned dance and bliss, or learned of transcendentalists are not attracted by sense pleasures, which are the causes of continuous material existence. The more one is addicted to material pleasure, the more he is attracted by
1: material misery.
0: I chose to speak on this verse because in the purport, Srila Prabhupada has included a verse in which the word Ramante appears. Ramante means they enjoy, they take pleasure in. We are in Ramana Hall. Ramana means pleasure. So it can be understood. Ramana, of course this is a common name. Throughout India <coughs> means one who is pleasure or who is the source of pleasure gives pleasures to others. Who is imbued with pleasure? Who is happy? Now the principle on which Ramana Maharshi is. You see his pictures here. <coughs> He's usually depicted smiling. But whether or not a sadhu smiles, he always feels happy. That's a basic emotion. Once a devotee, a disciple of Srila Prabhupada, Commented in the presence of Śrīla Prabhupāda about a photograph of Śrīla Prabhupāda in which sometimes you may have seen photographs of Śrīla Prabhupāda with his lips turned down which looks at, like an expression of unhappiness and the devotee said to Śrīla Prabhupāda oh you look unhappy in this picture Śrīla Prabhupāda said that was a moment of ecstasy So a sadhu feels happy, everyone wants happiness, that is the natural principle of dharma of every living being to desire to be happy. Because Krishna is always happy, he accepted Satyarananda, maya, is eternal, full of bliss and knowledge. So the jiva who is the part and the past of Krishna, is also by nature happy. But in this material world, there is no happiness. The happiness of this material world is samspa job bhoga It's enjoyment based on contact of the senses with the sense enjoyment. But nateshu-ramate-buddhaha, those who are an intelligent person does not take pleasure in that. So, sadhu, like Ramana Maharshi, he's happy because he's not trying to be happy on the mundane platform. Because he's withdrawn his senses or his his aspirations for happiness are not on the mundane platform. He doesn't take pleasure in anything material. Of course, you may be wondering why I'm speaking in praise of someone who's a, a branded or accredited Mayavadi. But from one perspective, they are sadhi. Though Of course, there are different types of Mayavadis. Most of the modern age Mayavadis, so called sadhus, are. Actually, bhogis, they're big mundane enjoyers just in the garb of sattvas. I heard that a few days ago, it came in the newspapers in Tamil Nadu, that this so-called self-proclaimed Paramahamsa, who's uh, adopted the name of Nityananda, was taking Ananda in embracing young girls in a school. So, he's a complete risk. I mean, we, did, we didn't have to uh, wait for the news to come to know about that. But some Mayavadis or something they're actually, we can say, they're sad, Inasmuch as they are uh, seriously endeavoring for, for spiritual life. They're not making a sham or a show of trying to... of being a sadhu with the intention of enjoying their senses. They are detached from the material world and they may have some level of realization also. So they may be called sadhus and we can respect them as sadhus. On the other hand, we reject their impersonal conclusion but we respect them as such. sometimes devotees became surprised sometimes Srila Prabhupada would see just like for instance once on his daily morning walk in Delhi in the park close to the temple. I think there was a large patnaga temple at the time. Renting house. So they walked past. One man in the early morning was standing on his head in the path And one of Srila Prabhupada's sannyasis who was present started to joke about that. I don't know exactly what he was saying. He was yeah, what is this nonsense? Something like this. The Prabhupada said, No, that's very good for spiritual life. The same thing happened in America. When you're walking on the morning walk and a man standing on his head, or some people performing yoga exercises, and the devotees were expressing some scepticism about this because Prabhupada taught them to express scepticism about this. Śrīla Prabhupāda so many times spoke about how the real yoga for the modern age is, or actually for any age, but especially in this age, bhakti yoga. Yogic techniques may be adopted. In other ages, or even in this age, we find that in the Sri
1: Vaishnava,
0: some of the members traditionally they practice yoga also. So these techniques, they can be useful for controlling the mind and the breath and for keeping healthy. because brahmanas, if they're sitting and studying shastra or performing archan all day, every day, they may not get much exercise. So that's that's also a consideration. And also, if practiced properly, can help to control the mind. But Prabhupada, Srila Prabhupada, on coming to America, found that Many people were practicing yoga, but in a, in a very bogus way. Yoga for only for improving their health, with no intention of any um, spiritual dimension. Yoga is very popular in the world, very widely practiced in the Western world now, but all, in almost all cases devoid of any spiritual touch, or even any pretensions of any spiritual touch, simply for uh, material health, and for, maybe for calming the mind also, but not for any spiritual purpose, just for stress relief. That's all. Just like you find some rascals who pose themselves as gurus, but they're just teaching some techniques of stress relief. That's very common. Sometimes in the Riskaman preachers they also do that, they say stress really, but then they introduce Krishna consciousness. So it's alright if you do that. You get re- freed from the stress of repeated birth and death. I mean that's a lot worse stress than having a boss and boss shouting, you're 84-like species of life. So, anyway, uh, Prabhupada was stressing very much that in Kali-yoga, the direct process of Shravanam Kirtana, these two processes, they have paramount importance over any other techniques which may be useful or adoptable, but, in Kali Yoga, these processes, shavan. kirtan these should be taught. So once in a park in America, devotees saw someone performing yoga and they were expressing skepticism about that. And Prabhupada again said, no, that's, that's, these things are good for scripture. So then one devotee asks the inevitable question, well, shall we do that Prabhupada, Can we do that Prabhupada? I say, no, not we'll required. Mm-hmm. Although many devotees do. I do some sometimes, not much.
1: When my back gets painful, I Because I
0: used to do, before coming to this movement, some exercise. No exercise. So I know some of these things. So especially if I'm sitting all day, writing day after day. It's for health type. Prabhupada generally encouraged it. But
1: sometimes
0: he allowed it. He was flexible. When his servant at that time, Nanda Kumar, Srila Prabhupada saw him performing yoga exercises, and Nandakumar Is that alright Prabhupada? Prabhupada whatever is required to maintain your health keep good health because unless we have good health it's difficult to perform service properly of course we shouldn't spend most of our time, simply acting bad. But there are basic things. So seeing that the body gets sufficient, low sufficient, and not too much food, nourishing food, of course, nourishing for the soul, but it's like some devotees are very fond of pizzas, but if you only eat pizzas, then it's not about a very nourishing diet. So we should see that it's also required to eat healthy food. In Bhagavad Gita, Lord Krishna states that Yukta uh, Harani Harasya, Yukta Cheshtasya Karma Yukta yoga bhakti That in the practice of yoga for overcoming uh, distress, one should have aha means sensibly eating. Sense vihara generally means. Recreation. Of course, the devotee doesn't have any mundane recreation, but uh, we can take that maybe as exercise. <laughs> they should, the body should have sufficient locomotion. Not too much. Too much exercise, also. Not healthy. Depends on what kind of body or vata constitution, skinny people like myself, like myself, I presently have a skinny body, much exercise especially for a thin person is not recommended. Little. So, yukta, yukta, chishtasya. one should be balanced, balanced as well, yukta, balanced, balanced in one's activities. in one's one's endeavors, in one's activities, in one's sleep. So, balance (coughs) them. So, if required, some exercise, not that we become crazy about exercise. Yes, so Prabhupada said, yeah, that's good. Whatever is required to do. Of course, on a very advanced platform, one doesn't bother about health. If you don't bother about health, then you don't bother about the body, then generally the body bothers you more. So, unless one is on the very advanced platform of not being bothered by the botherations of the body, then one should look after it. At the same time, not being too
1: much, like I said, not being so much.
0: One can't be Flexible. The main aim is to serve Krishna. So, if to serve Krishna we have to do some things which are not the best thing for the body, then we may do so. Just like uh, if one wants to have a very healthy life, then he should leave Chennai and live in the country. Well, you can do that for Krishna also. But if one has to preach then he has to come to the big cities. Of course one can also preach in the villages. But like this, for example, one should not travel on trains or planes, still the Chandra acharyas, at least up to the Chandra Shekarendram. He he wouldn't he wouldn't travel much because he would only go by walking. As think he I saw him once in Tirupati, So he must have walked from country. It's a quite, quite a few days walk. And he would come here to Chennai sometimes. That's also, Chennai to country, it's just a short journey. But if you have to walk, then that would take, a, if you really walk a lot, that would take two days. Otherwise, three or four. I think the modern one, the present one, he doesn't does he follow that I, when he was arrested and gone to jail in Deloitte, he probably didn't walk. He must have been taken to... Like, um... Anyway, if we had to travel and preach, then we may do things that... Just to travel in itself is not very healthy. In general, even if you're walking, because there'll be different food and different atmosphere, different water, But we have to do for preaching. If we think I won't travel, then there'll be be less preaching. Once one of Prabhupada's sannyasi disciples, he wrote a letter to Prabhupada saying, I can't stay in any country very long because I'm having visa problems wherever I go. Prabhupada said, that's good. And you can give your mercy to more people, more places. It's good for a sannyasi. So that topic that yogis they Srila uh, Prabhupada generally he wasn't very enthusiastic even about bona fide yogis because we are bhakti yogis but still something good is there in as much as those who are Bona fide yogis are not bogies posing as yogis. They have seen this material world. That the attempt for sense gratification is simply a cause of misery, and therefore they do not take pleasure in that, and therefore someone who's actually detached from this material world has a sense of happiness. So Ramana Maharshi, he, of course I don't know exactly, but it seems that he had some realization of spiritual bliss. The bliss that comes from detachment from this material world, and identifying oneself, Aham Ramas, I am
1: Spirit. Of course,
0: he didn't have that bliss, which is described in the verse in the purport, in which Prabhupada also, he, Ramante, they take pleasure. In this verse, in the Gita verse, Krishna talks about those who an intelligent person does not take pleasure in the material senses. But in the purport, Srila Prabhupada quotes that those who are real yogis Mm -hmm. ramante yogino nante satyananda chedahmani iti ravapadenaso param brahma vidhiyate those who are the best yogis They have unlimited pleasure in Satyananda. What is the genuine pleasure? Who is Rama? You see the same? Ramate, Ramante, Rama. So Rama means all pleasure. So the pleasure that the real yogis get in Rama. Is by understanding iti Rama padena so Param Brahma vidhiyate. He is Param Brahma. Aham Brahma That's one level of understanding. I am Brahma. But Param Brahma is Rama, which means Krishna. Rama is another name for Krishna. Of course, there is the uh, Raghubansi. Rama. When we say Rama, we generally think of Raghu Vamsi Dasharat Sutta. Rama. Rama can also mean Balarama, Ram. But generally when we say Rama, we think of Raghu Vamsi, Surya Vamsi, Rama, Ramachandra Bhagavan. But Rama is also a name for Krishna because it means who is all pleasure. So it's also a name for Krishna. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare 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 Rama, Hare Rama, 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 Hare Hare. So Rama here, once in Hyderabad, two of Prabhupada's sannyasis were arguing. When we say Hare Rama... Who does that mean? Is it Dalarama or Ramachandra of the Raghu Monsha? They were arguing. Which one does it mean? What
1: it? Uh,
0: either. You can take as either. They're both Rama. Neither is excluded. Siddhanta Sarkar Thakur explained that here, Rama we can also take that as Krishna, who is Radhika Raman. Not just Raman. Yeah, it means Krishna. Radhika Raman. It means Krishna. Who is the pleasure of Radhika. Or who takes pleasure in Radhika. So, Raman, that's a common name. But the real. Pleasure is Krishna and he takes pleasure in Radhika. So just imagine how great is Radhika. He is the source of all pleasure, but she gives pleasure to him. He cannot feel pleasure without her. In the Raslila. so many gopis may be there. Every Gopi is more beautiful than 10,000 Miss Worlds put together. 10,000 Miss Worlds, even any Apsara of people, Loka. they are all more beautiful. But the Apsaras, they are all rejected compared to the Gopis. So, unlimited numbers of gopis cannot make Krishna happy unless Radhika is there. So, what is her position? How great is she? So, Rama, those who are actual yogis or the best yogis, their pleasure is not simply in detachment from the material senses, but in understand Rama is Param Brahma and I am also Brahma, that means I am, I have my relationship with the Param Brahma, I am meant for serving him. So, Mayavadis like Ramana Maharshi, they may feel or they, certain pleasure that is called Brahmasu. Spiritual, the first platform of spiritual pleasure. But that pleasure, even though it is far greater than any pleasure of this material world, cannot compare with the pleasure of Krishna. Bhakti. Maybe
1: this boy could be restrained.
0: So, from one perspective, we can say Ramana Maharshi is a great person. Of from another perspective, he's insignificant because he, from the perspective of everyone of this world, he's a great person because he's detached from it. There are not many people who are detached from this world or even interested in being. From him as well. Manushanam Sahasri Sreishu Kastya Among thousands of men, one may be interested in self
1: recognition. But Yakatanam
0: Siddhanam Kastya Maavi Yakatanam. He had some Siddhi, some yogic perfection. But he didn't have Krishna Bhakti. Out of thousands of Siddhas, hardly one may understand Krishna. So, the happiness he experienced, the devotees, when they see that they oh God, he missed it. He didn't get the real thing. To be a neophyte devotee struggling with the mind and senses, trying to chant the holy names of Krishna, is a much preferable situation than to be a Brahma-realized yogi with no attraction toward Krishna consciousness. This Ramana Maharshi, he must have also had information of Vishnubhakta. Probably not Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Sankirtan, or but definitely he must have had information of Vishnu Bhakti. Because anyone who's living in this area of the world, which is now called Tamil Nadu, especially a Hindu, they must know something, at least. I don't know, in the modern age, you'll meet. from Tamil Nadu who had never heard the name of Ramanujar Chandra. What a terrible situation. What is the use of this independence? They got independence from the British for what? So they could promote atheism? They must not teach anything about religion. I mean, even if you take it from the cultural or social point of view, Ramanuja was one of the greatest persons of Tamil Nadu. Even if you consider him just as a philosopher, he was way ahead of Dr. Radha Krishna. There's such atheists and demons. Even if they want to promote from the historical, cultural or social point of view, that even from that point of view, they should teach people who is Ramanujacharya? Who is Vedanta, Desika? These great persons. But their policy is to kill any inclination toward them. But anyway, Ramana Maharshi must have had information of that. He must have also visited at some point various Vishnu temples. But here is inclination to serve Vishnu, which is the natural propensity of the liberated soul, did not arise in him. So he was unfortunate. Inasmuch as he understood that this material world is miserable, and he went for spiritual not material. I read briefly his biography once, I can't remember the exact. But he made the classic mistake of the impersonalists. That when he got some realization, He misunderstood what it was and considered that now I am getting this bliss and I have a cosmic vision, I am detached from this material world that now I myself am supreme. So he became an offender. (coughs) Mayavadi Krishna Aparadi. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, Mayavadis are offenders to Krishna. So from one perspective, you can say he's a great personality. From another, he's an offender to Krishna. Because he avoids, everyone who's not a devotee of Krishna is an offender to Krishna. Everyone who's not endeavoring to serve Krishna is avoiding Krishna. So everyone's an offender, but particularly the Mayavadis are offenders because they propagate the misunderstanding that Ishvara, the Supreme Lord, and the Jiva are one and the same. Recently, I was in Tiruvannamalai, where the principal ashram of Ramana Maharshi is situated. We drove; we happened to drive past that on our way, driving from Tiruvannamalai, where we had a preaching program. I was going on to Sri Ramana. So, he passed that ashram. So, it's quite a lot of. Quite a f- few westerners there, and opposite the ashram was the tea store. They thought it was tea rubanamala. And they were sitting out, it was about 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock in the morning, so I don't know if they've done their meditation. I don't know if they take tea before meditation or after meditation. But anyway, they didn't look very brahman-realized. They looked pretty miserable. Have their imagined spiritual advancement. Where's the spiritual advancement? See the tea stall is just opposite the ashram, and you can see
1: that it was obvious that there was a well
0: located tea stall because most of their business came from the ashramites. Maybe they don't allow tea inside. I don't know, but. They had a good business from the visitors or the, the residents there. So, they were their Ramana. Although they are supposed to be taking pleasure in Brahma Practically speaking, they were still in the tea Sukh. They were still in yehi samsparsajah bhoga They were still interested in the interaction between the senses and the sense objects. So their spiritual advancement was, we can say, imaginary. You can imagine yourself to be self-realized, but that's not the real thing. And even if you do become as advanced as Ramana Maharshi, it's still not the real thing unless there's Krishna. Body. So ultimately, although we may, from one perspective, respect Him and praise Him, but from the ultimate perspective, everything He did was a waste of time because He didn't find Krishna. dharma-svanuṣṭhita-pamsam-viṣvak-sena-katha-surya-ha notpārya-yad-yadhi-ratin śrama-eva-hi-keva-lam Whatever we do, unless we develop attraction to Krishna, it's simply a waste of time. Now, rati means attraction. The whole idea of the Mayavadis is to get free from attraction. They've understood that the interaction of the senses with the sense objects is a cause of distress. So they don't do that. They, they subdue their attraction or they, they they stop being attracted to anything material. But unless we develop attraction for the spiritual then ultimately we fall down again to to the gross plan. Actually, they haven't really transcended this material world. It's like they're hovering a little bit above it, but they're not anchored. They're not fixed in the genuine spiritual existence of serving Krishna. Therefore, their position is tenuous. It means shaky. They're not, they're not likely to remain in that situation because the jīva, by nature, has so many desires. They want to, the maya bodies, they want to be free from desires. But it's not possible to be wholly free from desires because the nature of the jiva is to serve Krishna. So unless they develop desires to serve Krishna, even though they're experiencing some Brahma soup, that experience will not fully satisfy them. And in course of time, they will again become attracted to materialism. Śrīla Prabhupāda pointed out that even many vayabhadis who have renounced the world, and then they open hospitals and schools. But well, why open hospitals and schools if you renounce the world? Because they don't find satisfaction in their so-called... They don't find satisfaction in their so-called brahma-sukh, when they want to come and perform some activities which are mundane. Hospitals and schools, hospitals are for the body and schools are for the mundane intellect. Most schools nowadays. Unless, it, unless there's an actual guru. So, that shows that they're, they're not really fixed on the spiritual platform. Otherwise, why should they be interested in opening hospitals? There's, there are plenty of people to open hospitals. It's, it's not the business of a spiritual, spiritually minded person to open hospitals. So, such persons are unfortunate. Lokasha <laughs> moha karma no moha jnana vichyati saha rakshasya asuram uchayiva prakriti mohani shukar hava Persons who are not attracted to Krishna consciousness, they, all all their hopes are ultimately frustrated. All their activities are ultimately frustrated. All their knowledge is ultimately frustrated. Their very consciousness is clouded. They become attracted to demoniac and atheistic views. And they they fall down into the material situation again. That is inevitable. If one is not in Krishna consciousness, if one is not in Krishna consciousness, even if one is has some primary spiritual realization, if one maintains the attitude of envy toward Krishna, which is the root cause of material life, then even if one is partially spiritual realized. Then that's not really, it's not genuine spiritual realization at all.
1: The, the root
0: disease is still there, which is envy of Krishna. So even though someone may be detached from material attraction. Still envious of Krishna. Therefore, Mahaprasad ego vinde namah brahmane Bhagishrade Swaukam punya betam naajan Vishvaso. One who has not, or one who has very little punya, actual piety, their faith in Mahaprasad. In Govinda, in the Holy Name, in the Vaishnavas, it does not awake. They do not have faith in Krishna, because they think, I am God. What do I need any other God for? I have no material suffering, I am detached from this material world, and there is no need for me to pray to God. They see the Vaishnavas as sentimentalists, They're not on such a high... They'll encourage, yes, yes, very good. You do your bhakti. That's good for you. But I'm already on a higher platform. I don't need to do bhakti. Just like this rascal, you you don't know him so well because he only speaks Hindi. But this so-called Asaramba, he's in North India. So he was uh, giving a lecture in which... There's no such incident recorded, but he made it up, in which Tukaram, who's famous in Maharashtra, according to this rascal, once he went to the temple of Vita Krishna, and the deity told him, There's no need for you to come to the temple anymore. He said, Why? This uh, Tukaram great devotee of Krishna. He asked, why? He said, because now you're fully self-realized, so you and me are both the same. So no need to come anymore. So such persons, they, they consider that bhakti is a process by which you can come to the platform of understanding that you are God. But I don't need to do bhakti, because I've already understood that I am God. So such persons are demons. They think, I am God. Like Pondraka in Krishna Leela. He thought, I am God. Krishna is not the real God. I am the real God. So persons who have very little genuine piety or bhakti-anmukhi-sukhati or activities that incline them towards bhakti. They may have some kind of spiritual realization, but it's off course without having faith in Krishna. So persons, it would be a good idea to train the children, start at a young age, to to just sit, not wander around. When do they want to learn? It's also, we have to train the adults also to train their children and to turn off their cell phone. If anyone still has a cell phone on, kindly turn it off because discussing important things. So, persons who are Unfortunate, they have no faith in Krishna, and even though they have some apparent spiritual realization, that apparent that spiritual realization which they have, it becomes an obstacle. It becomes a greater obstacle in their in their possibility of developing bhakti. If they have no, if they're just suffering materialists. If they have a little piety and they come in contact with Vaishnavas, then they may take some interest. They say, all these people are happy. Or maybe I could become happy by them. How are you so happy? Then we'll tell them. Hare Krishna Krishna be But if you're, even if you're not Brahman realized, but if you're attached to something like some impersonalist, impersonalist organization, or you're attached to some in person guru and you think, No, no, I, I don't need this bhakti. They're actually moving although they in one sense they're moving up if they're actually trying to become detached from the material senses. Although actually like I said, we don't find people who are supposed to be following Burman oh, If they're coming if they have if the tea stall has such a good business, then that is a sign of the failure of any of them to become materially detached because they're not even trying it I talk. their meditation is a sham so that they have some interest in spiritual life okay maybe all right that's good but if you get on the wrong track in the beginning if you don't if you don't get on the vaishnava path then you're more likely to go further away that's why in Chaitanya Bhagavat it's described uh, that the drunkards are more fortunate than the Mayabha. There's described there how in his Navadig Leela, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came across some drunkards as he was dancing. And the drunkards started imitating. Oh, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. But they weren't envious. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu gave them some mercy, alright, right, are trying to say Hare Krishna, you don't know why, you can't pronounce it properly, because you're drunk. To be drunk is very low class, very sinful, although in the modern age they're promoting it as something high class to drink, whiskey, is very expensive. But it's very simple. But even very sinful people, if they somehow or other they had some attraction to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, so that's good for them. But the impersonalists, they were opposed to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. They criticized. Him. So what is that? that uh, the, the drunkards, even they may someday be delivered, but those who are envious of Krishna and the devotees, they can never be delivered. Of course, we find in the case of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, that he gave special mercy to the Prakashananda Saraswati he was envious of him openly critical of him in the case of Salabon Bhattacharya he was another impersonalist but he wasn't envious of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. he served Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and he had he, in a way which was ultimately foolish he, wanted, he thought I will benefit this sannyasi because he's a young sannyasi and he's very good looking going to, even in those days he thought it's going to be difficult for him to maintain his sannyasi. so let me teach him about the principles of Brahman realization from Vedanta Sutra So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu listened to him for seven days. Politely listened to him. And then Salamambhavatacharya asked, You're just listening, listening. You don't make any comment. You don't ask any question. I don't know whether you're understanding it or not. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, I can understand the Vedanta Sutra, but I can't understand your explanations because they don't make any sense. Salabha was surprised. I said, well, what do you mean? They don't make any sense. Then he
1: explained.
0: Actually, you're just what you're. When you're quoting Vedanta sutra, that's all right. But then when you explain it, you simply cover the real meaning. And then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu gave him the real meaning, and Salabha became a great Vaishnava, but with precaution and he uh, was openly critical of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He never served him; he only criticized. Him. Still, he had some piety, inasmuch as he was following certain Vedic principles, the Mayavadi season strict followers of certain principles, and he was residing at a holy place. It's not mentioned there, but he must have been bathing in the Ganga daily. And he wasn't engaged in gross sense gratification. So he had some piety, but at the same time he was offensive. But when he came in contact with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu delivered him. So that piety, it's it's mixed up. You can say with someone like Ramana Maharshi, some piety, some goodness is there, but it's mixed up with misunderstanding and some envy. Krishna is there. So devotees, they are more fortunate. Another thing, um, Śrīla Prabhupāda was asked that, is it better to be a Christian, who at least believes in one God ought to be a worshipper of Kali. Specifically, ask about worshipers of Kali who they believe. Well, they'll worship. Their concept is there are many gods, and specifically they worship Kali. Kali worshippers, they're, in almost all cases, meat-eaters. So, it's, you could say it's, not a, it's a long way from Krishna. World. It's not a high level of Vedic culture by any means. But Srila Prabhupada said it's better to be a, a worshipper of multi-demigods and even of Kali than to be a Christian because at least they're within the Vedic culture. The Vedic culture makes one pious. Even if one is simultaneously cultivating some kind of impiety, the piety that one accrues by being within the Vedic culture is still better than the, than the piety one gets by being a Christian. So that's a telling statement. Still, our task is not to make people Christians or Mayavadis, but to on behalf of Śrīla Prabhupāda or in His service, tell people that there is something much better. He is the bliss of the Haninam Sankirtan movement. Here is the direct process to experience that ānanda, Satyānanda, true bliss, of even more than the Vishnu Bhakti, which is propagated in the Sri Vaishnavas, the, the Prem Bhakti, that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is offering through the process of Nama sankirtan. So, while offering respect to all genuine sadhus, at the same time, We understand that the position of the devotees of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is much better. We are fortunate to be in such a position (coughs) that we are able to take to Krishna consciousness and dance and chant. So, those who have understood the good fortune to be in Krishna consciousness, Try to spread that to others. That is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's teaching. Jare dekha tare kaha Krishna Amar Amaranya guru hoya tare pradesh. So one can do that in any station of life. Children going to school can ask their friends to chant Hare Krishna. The housewives can speak to the other housewives. ...about chanting Hare Krishna. The IT professionals... ...can tell their fellow IT professionals... ...ask them to chant Hare Krishna. Of course... ...there are quite a few... ...young unmarried men here... ...present here in this... ...meeting this evening... ...who are IT professionals... ...and unmarried... ...so... ...I can suggest to you or recommend to you that a lot better than being an IT professional, married or unmarried, is to dedicate your life fully in preaching Krishna consciousness. Because, although one can be a very good devotee in the grihastha Ashram, but it is... A source of entanglement. Also, most of one's, in most cases, most of one's energy goes towards maintaining one's family. So, if you can be a full-time brahmachari and preach Krishna consciousness, that's the best thing you can do. There's nothing better. Of course, not. It's, it may not be suitable for everyone. But, those of you who, can, do, at least you should consider, the, we're talking about ānanda, Ananda, true bliss. Definitely there's a, whatever slight reflection of pleasure that one might get in being an IT professional amidst all the stress and the hard work and the competition. I mean, there's no comparison between the happiness of being a devotee in Krishna Consciousness, fully engaged in preaching Krishna Consciousness, and the grind of being a successful IT profession. I was just in Sri Lanka where conditions are such that we had lots of bumpy driving for long hours. Very uncomfortable. But that I was thinking as we were bumping along that this situation is much preferable to having comfortable home with nice wife and family and plenty of money. It's about to bump up and down in and out to go to one, one place to another. Oh, yeah, and then of course there's the, uh, the military is stopping you every kilometer so it's in tangled areas. There's the civil war going on in the country. So that, he, despite the difficulties, it's, not, it's definitely difficult, but to have the opportunity to go from place to place and bring the teachings that Śrīla Prabhupāda has given to us, that's a great mercy, to be able to be engaged like that. No material situation can compare to so I'm especially speaking to the young unmarried men here that why don't you dedicate your lives for spreading Krishna consciousness take training and go and preach there's plenty of people who are willing to take it up, they just need some guidance. Times have changed actually, I mean it used to be. I first came to India, actually I came in 76 but to stay, I came in 1977 and then after that I was in Bangladesh, Thailand, Malaysia, Burma and these places for a few years, actually for 11, about 11 years. And then I was again based in India. But more or less I've been
1: in this area since then. But
0: 77 to 79 I was in India. I didn't go outside India. And it was very difficult because our movement wasn't so well established. Mostly we got the response I'm a Hindu and I know everything. I'm a born Hindu. You're a converted Hindu. Or you cannot you cannot convert to Hinduism. So it's very difficult. But nowadays, people are more inclined to accept this. And many people are looking for guidance. Here in Tamil Nadu, there are many people... Who are asking us? Come, do programs, show us, train us, guide us everywhere, all over in the different parts of the world. People are experiencing the distress of modern life and wanting to take to some uh, to some spiritual path and understanding that actually this is the genuine path. People can understand. Even in this impious age, many people have enough spiritual credit to understand that this is a genuine path. <clears throat> that what we're giving... And you can see from the principles. Who, are, who, who asks for no meat eating, no gambling, no illicit sex, no intoxication? I don't think any groups ask for that. And then... Uh, what we're doing is based on Shastra, it's a traditional process. We're not promoting some bogus person. As in Sri Lanka, also, some of you were asked, Amma, that so called Amma had been there recently. You we were asking about her. I said, Yeah, she's promoting something, she's promoting herself. You should worship her. All these people, these so many bogus people. Oh, and then people are asking about Sai Baba. But they're all promoting themselves. Prabhupada is a genuine guru because he's promoting Krishna. Krishna, you're fine. In Bhagavad Gita we find worship Krishna. We don't find worship Amma, worship Sai Baba, all these bogus people. So many people have enough spiritual credit to understand that this is genuine. And then now the situation is such that many people, if we offer the genuine thing, they'll take it. We need preachers. So for yourself, do good to yourself and others. If you're a Grihasta, preach Krishna Consciousness. If you're not yet a Grihasta, then you don't have to. Women, of course, they should be married. But uh, young men, you can come, get trained and perfect your life. Make your life perfect. Millions and trillions of times more perfect than that of any in persons. Or anyone else. Hare Krishna. Is there any question? It's getting a little late. Some of you have come from a long way. I saw some devotees from Abadi. Maybe they are still here? Yeah, still here. A long way to go.
1: Yeah. Then, any
0: question? Yeah, please ask. Yeah, ask in the mic, as it's there, it's convenient. Please ask him using the microphone. <laughs>
1: Uh, should... Oh, another thing I
0: should say. When I'm just looking at your balding, grey hair, is that uh, when you get on the other side of prehaste life, when your children are grown and settled, it's time to come out and preach.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, it was nice to sit in order take us out of the society, or we, are we in we So should
0: also We should also have courses, yeah. Well, we do have in various centers courses. Maybe it's not much developed here, but we need people to come out and teach them.
1: So <laughs>
0: opportunities. Are there. But we need dedicated workers. Of course, courses can be conducted by krihasta devotees also.
1: Then you have to get trained. Office, uh, best, uh, 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 Well, if you don't, yeah.
0: I'm just going to cut you out a little bit there, because Prabhupada at least one said that so many people say, you should do this, you should do that. So many people come to me, Prabhupada said, and say, you should do this, you should do that. Prabhupada will say, why don't they come and join us? Then we can do it. We can only work within our capacity. So you you, you can come, get trained, and do it. You can't always expect others to do it. If you see there's a need, fill it up. So you can get trained. I don't know if there are such training programs in Chennai, but uh, certainly in other cities there are programs for training devotees and Conducting such, such courses,
1: yeah. i going back to the lecture. I was under the impression that Prabhupada maintained the conclusion that if one is a Christian or one is a Muslim, you should follow the teaching. Yeah, yeah. Prabhupada,
0: yeah. Prabhupada said that if you're a Christian, you can follow it. If you're a Muslim, follow it. Yeah. Does it help them? Well, Srila Prabhupada would say if you're a Christian, then you can follow that. Of course, if someone was a Christian and took to the principles of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's womb, you'd never discourage them. I presume Srila Prabhupada said that because he knew that people, once they're already committed, they don't. it's very rare for them to change. That uh, Krishna says about demigod worship, Huh? What is that? What's the beginning of that verse?
1: Hmm?
0: Yeah, I know the translation. I just can't remember the beginning of the verse. Anyway, the point is that that uh, that's another verse. Anyway, Krishna says that those who worship various demigods, I make their faith strong. So if one is committed in a certain line, it may be very difficult for them to change. So, Prabhupada, But he would say that also, that if you're a Christian, then follow Christianity. But he would say that Christians, they're not for, properly followed, they should properly follow. He would say that Christians, they should not eat meat. He would always insist on that. He wouldn't discuss with Christians, beyond, unless they accepted this point. He wouldn't go beyond that. First to accept, thou shalt not kill. So it's preaching according to their level.
1: Anything else?
0: Schedules strictly. Uh, generally, it's very difficult in modern city life for those who are not fully committed as ashram inmates. So one may have to make some adjustment. Early to bed, early to rise is a good policy, which Most of us won't be following tonight, and that means not the early to bed part. Early to rise is always good. But to have early to rise you have to have early to bed. Um, if the whole family is committed to Krishna consciousness, that's very good, otherwise it gets more difficult. No T V is a very good policy. Even if we have videos and this and that. It's That's alright, I mean videos of Krishna consciousness. But even then, in general, books are a better medium for transmitting Krishna consciousness. Um, modern life, going to work, modern life is just meant for killing people's spiritual proclivities. Actually. There's no sadhana means we require time, but there's no time. People are just work, 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 work. Some of our initiated devotees, they hardly read anything from Prabhupada's book. They don't have time. And they they chant their rounds on a clicker in a bus or something like this. So, the first thing to do is at least make the attempt to adjust one's life so that one has time for sadhana. What's the use if you're earning 20,000 rupees a month, but you don't have time to chant Hare Krishna properly. What's the point? So once you try to adjust one's life, uh, even then, just like if you're at home, you're married, the housewife has children, and in modern life you have to send the children up to school early, you have to cook for them early. Then you can chat later. Housewife is going to be a housewife. Don't work also. Then then where's the time for sadha?
1: Then there's no time for sadha. The first thing is to make time
0: and then uh, one has to have the determination to do so. One may not do everything early in the morning but at some other time. If you're a housewife and you're sending children off to school, then maybe when they've got off to school, then you can chant and read alone. For this kind of thing, one requires some personal guidance. How to apply the general principles of Krishna consciousness, how they are to be practically applied in one's personal life, then one needs some guidance.
1: General principles.
0: Practically applying that, you should take some guidance or use common sense, that's all. Talking about strict sadhana, well, I often don't have strict sadhana because due to traveling this morning, I chanted the Guru Vashtaka while taking a shower because after that I had to go to the airport. After travelling all day, we took rest after 10 o'clock. Then I got up just before 4 o'clock, and there was just time to take a shower, pack up, and go to the airport. So sometimes you have to do like that. As a daily practice, it's not very good, not advisable. But sometimes you have to do that. Rising early. Age, Chanting Gurbashi is the best way to start. that. incomparable. Of course, if you rise very early, then you can chant some rounds before. And then it's such a beautiful song. Everything about Krishna consciousness is so attractive. Definitely, we should want to maximize our time for that.
1: Anything else?
0: All right then, so we'll chant Hare Krishna for maybe five minutes more. And uh,
1: then we'll move on. I see there's a bookstore, my books set up there.